When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, After Extra Time. I'm Logan Paul Murphy. This is my cover of Sailing by Rod Stewart. Hope you enjoy it. Tell me you're 
welcome again to that footballing podcast after extra time. It's the Diva, your host this week. And joining me is the one and only, the Millwall one, Jacko. How are you, mate? Um, yeah, I don't know why I'm on a footballing podcast this weekend, to be honest, mate. After the shower, I, mate, to be honest with after you. the shower of shit that was Millwall yesterday, I don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> we'll move on to Millwall shortly. Let's just I introduce the second. Uh, <laughs> let's introduce our second co-host, the Derby one. Derby, Goddard, Mr. Derby. Jack Godfrey. Yeah. <laughs> How are we, boys? <laughs> All right, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm all good. I'm, I feel like I'm the only upbeat one on the podcast this week. You know, we took a, a probably uh, undeserved point against our rivals. So, yeah, and you boys are all doom and gloom. You've lost. But I'm <laughs> here to bring a bit of sparkle to this podcast this week. Cheers, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, though, before we start, a uh, bit of sad news, boys. That Mr. Glenn Roder mm. uh, has died, age 65. Yeah. So, uh I've sent send my uh, regards to his family. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a great manager. I don't know if you boys remember him at Newcastle, West Ham, etc. Yeah. But he class. Yeah, it's um, it, it's a it's a sad bit of news. Um, yeah, I remember he he did did he keep Newcastle and West Ham up at the end of the sort of back, he did, back yeah. seasons. Um, yeah, I'm sure he did. Yeah. And, and I think he had um, he had a heart attack sort of halfway through a game, and he had to go as well. Then didn't he? So, yeah. yeah, he did. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah all of those, he's he's still maintained a, a good rapport with football, and yeah, it's it's a shame to to hear the news today. Yeah, definitely, mate. I mean, let, let's try and move on to a bit more upbeat stuff. Um, I'm going to go to Jacko first. <laughs> uh, Jacko, Fucking hell. here we go. <laughs> Before I kick into any results, mm. I just want to say, are you on? Are you on Roy Keane's side? Or Mr. Redknapp side, and what's your thoughts on that? Uh, it's an interesting one. It's amazing how I pointed it out to you two, and now we're discussing it. Um, I'm I'm on I'm on the fence a bit. I can see I can see, you know, I can see points of view from both both blokes about it all. Um, obviously. Keane's always going to be that sort of controversial figure anyway with regards to the standard of players and stuff like that. Um, I certainly take Redknapp's point that, you know, you can't be a bad footballer if you're at international level. Um, but there are... I wouldn't say Spurs are a bang average side. I don't think they are. I think they've got a good set of players in that starting eleven. I just wonder if it's a case, you know, putting today's result aside against Burnley, I wonder if it's the right style for those players. And I don't think it is. Um, you know, I, I've rated Reguillon since he came over. Yes, Roy, Roy Key mentioned, well, if he's on loan, why is he not good enough to play? If he's that good, why is he not good enough to play in Madrid starting 11? Um, obviously, the same could be asked about Bale. Um, Kane and Son uh, automatic pick for me. I think any team in the entire football league would, would jump at the chance to have those two playing for them. Um, I think Larice's I think Larice's standards have slipped slightly since France won the World Cup, to be fair. Um, had a couple of bad seasons. Yeah, he's had a few injuries as well. Um, I, I definitely feel the full-backs aren't as good as they used to be. 
uh, well, the right backs aren't as good as they used to be when they had Trippier and they had Walker. Um, they're still still good players for the Premier League. Um, Hoiberg's pulling up trees, which I didn't think he would do. Um, so yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I, for me personally, I don't think they're a bang average side. I just don't think Mourinho's style of play suits Spurs. And I, I just think maybe a different style would probably get them playing a lot better football. What about you, Jack? Are you on the fence or are you uh, <laughs> edging towards the red net? I'm going with Roy Keane, boys. Um, <laughs> I'm hey! getting on that side and going to get nitty-gritty with Roy. Um, yeah, I, I think he's got a point. I think Bar, like you said, Bar, Son and Kane, they're, they're pretty bog-standard, really. Um, the fact that they mm. just assume that they're going to finish in the top four is... You know, you earn your right to finish in the top four at the end of the day. You know, Premier League's getting harder and harder as well. Um, teams, you know, the, the golfing class between teams is getting smaller and smaller, bomb Man City, really. So, yeah, I think he's right. I think um, they're possibly underachieving. And I think, I think yeah, like, like Jacko said, I think, you know, they've got... The, the team's not... The team's not shit, but it, I, for me, I don't think it's... It's not full of quality. Like, if you can, were to compare it to... Obviously, I'm going to go Man City and people will come back and say, yeah, but look at the money they spend. But, you know, that team's quality. If you look at Man City's bench yesterday that they filled in and then you look at Spurs' bench, then I think it says it all, really. But, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with Roy Keane. I think he's uh, I think he's bang on with that point, really. Yeah, I think I have to agree with Roy Keane as well. Oh, oh, um, God. Um, <laughs> oh, God. That's a load of bollocks. Because in our group chat, I, I pointed out the uh, the information about Redknapp and Keane, and a certain diva turned around and went with, "I'm with Redknapp." So fuck off! You're a liar. <laughs> um, no. Uh, did I put on with yes, Redknapp? Yes, you did. Just say I'm not with yes, Redknapp. Yes, you then. did. No, well, then, I'm not. I'm not with Redknapp. Because then Jack turned around and went, "What a shot!" Yeah. <laughs> no. Sorry, I meant I am not with Redknapp. I'm with yeah, Keane. Box yeah, standard. Box standard. Spurs changing team. his fucking tune yeah. now. He's been caught out. <laughs> so yeah, I am definitely with Keane. Let's let's clarify that. Um, going on, obviously they won four 0 I'm going to touch on that game, lads. It's just a comfortable win. Um, going on the Man United Chelsea game, Jack. I'm not going to touch much on that because I thought it was an absolute shite game. But I want to touch on. Is that penalty shout? Was it a penalty for you? Yes or no, mate? Uh, I mean, if it's me personally, no. But obviously, by the letter of the law, it's a penalty. So, until those laws get changed, it's, it's probably got to be given. Um, but as I said to you boys, I uh, had some money on the nil-nil. So, <laughs> no penalty. Yeah, yeah. No, it no was quite happy that it got turned there. Yeah, no penalty for me. But I think it just comes back again, doesn't it? We don't really have much clarity on what is a handball and what isn't. Like, it, it varies um, each week. But I suppose if you're looking by the by the law book, it's a pen. So, I mean, I don't know what Jacko thinks, really. I mean... I, I think, yeah, I think a lot of a lot of discussions about VAR and the referees and how they see things is down to personal interpretation of the laws. However... Mm. If you have to go by the letter of the law, then go by the letter of the law. If it's a red card, then you can interpret it. But when it comes to a handball or an offside or or something like that, it has to be followed correctly. So uh, I think looking 
looking back on the obviously looking back on the discussions we've had about VAR and how the referees have interpreted the game, I think if they were to follow the letters of the law, no one can argue it because they followed the letters of the law. However, if it comes to something like a, a dismissal or a challenge or something like that, then they could probably accept interpretation to an nth degree because of the fact that it's an interpretation of it. It's difficult to sort of claim a letter of the law with, with a challenge, it's a certain challenges anyway. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought it was a pen, um, but it doesn't excuse the fact mm. that the game was just poor. It really, really was poor. Cry like to call it, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, I was hoping for something better. But to be fair, I think Chelsea are a bit hit and miss. United are hit and miss. If, if you'd gone to me before the game, I probably would have gone with a draw. I may not have gone with a 0-0, but I definitely thought it would have been a draw. So it's not a surprise, to be honest. Yeah. No, it was, was a boring game. Um, let's just touch on another game. What was on today, Jacko? Um, don't want to go too much into depth with this one, but uh, let's <laughs> lose three one. Just, just, go just touch on it, quick. Jacko. Come on, let's do it. Uh, we can move on. Come on. He <laughs> uh, did say he wanted to try and do this pod quickly. I don't think we should now, to be honest. Um, yeah, look, Leicester obviously started off well. Got the early goal with Tielemans. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's just been a bad week for Leicester, to, to be brutally honest. I, I think losing losing on Thursday to, to Slavia Prague's not helped them. And Arsenal have turned up. Um, whether or not, whether or not on a different day and a different set of results, the, the game might have been different. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I think it's just been a poor week for Leicester. And they, they have to go from there, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, Jack, it's getting a lot worse for Leicester. Their injury list is getting bigger and bigger. Harvey Barnes out for six weeks now, as well as Madison. Um, where do you see it going from there for Leicester? Yeah, I was going to touch on the fact that they've got a couple of injuries. Obviously, Johnny Evans went off as well. I don't know how severe that is. Um, obviously, like you say, yeah. Madison's missing. Pratt's missing. Uh, Justin's obviously out for a long time. Obviously, like you say, Barnes six weeks. So, yeah, Leicester, I feel like they went through a period where they had quite a few injuries as well, not so long ago as well. So... I mean, as much as I hate Leicester, it's not nice to see people get injured, especially players like Harvey Barnes, you know, who yeah. probably had his sights set on the Euros. And obviously that knocks him back and sort of the same with Madison. I think maybe Justin could have been an outside shout as well. But obviously he's out for a long time, haven't done his ACL. So, yeah, I think that they've got, like Jacko said, I think they've had a, a, a bad week in terms of results. And um, I think looking for the, lucky for them, the Premier League sort of comes thick and fast. And, you know, they've got games coming up. But I mean... How much is the injuries going to impact uh, impact them? Really, I think can they can they try and turn it around? Uh, I know they've got Burnley away on Wednesday night, which obviously isn't isn't easy. Um, so, yeah, obviously, if I don't know when Madison's back, um, do you know when he's back? I think so. If you've got no Madison, no Barnes, it's sort of down to Vardy. But if you've got no one to play that past mm-hmm. the Vardy. Then you you got kind of got to ask where the mm. goals are going to come from uh, for Leicester. So, you know they've got no sort of creative outlet to sort of help supply Vardy. So, I think it's going to be a tough few weeks for Leicester. Um, I'm not. I wouldn't start panicking yet for them. But I think if you start to drop a couple more results, 
do you start thinking the same sort of thing that happens as last season? Are they going to sort of bottle the top four again? I mean, it's it's hard to well, tell. I think we've took the bottle off. Uh, I think we've took the bottle off Spurs. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I say, obviously the injuries don't help, and well, that was what I was going to say because obviously, obviously, you referred to it as a bottle job. But could you, with the fact that Leicester's squad isn't maybe as in depth as other teams around them, and with the amount of injuries that they've had throughout the season, that has affected them from the beginning of the campaign. Would you class that as a bottle job? Or would you class it as the fact that they've run out of steam because they haven't got the legs in in the squad because they're all injured? Just the greenie or me, or both? <laughs> well, well, to, to Jack, mainly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you can class that as probably a main fact. If, if they were to finish outside the top four, then I think you could put it mainly down to the fact that they've um, got a lot of injuries and they're missing players. And like you say, their strength and depth isn't as big as the teams around them in the top four. Um, and they don't obviously have the financial firepower of some of those teams as well. So, yeah, I think that would be a factor. But I think Leicester's squad is still, you know, they've still got a good squad. You know, it's not it's not amazing um, depth-wise, but they've still got good players on the pitch. And I'm sure Brendan Rodgers will be confident that he can get the most out of those players that are playing and get them to finish in the top four. Yeah, I mean, one word to uh, clarify that game, <laughs> shite. So let's move on. Um, <laughs> let's go on to Saturday's fixtures. I'm going to go straight over oh, to uh, Jacko with this one again. <laughs> a lot of controversy, Jacko. Oh, Your VAR. Here we go. Oh. Talk, talk me through the West. <laughs> talk me through this West Bromwich uh, Albion v Brighton game. What finished one? What you mean? Baggies. Well, okay. I, I think Saturday in <laughs> itself was a poor day for refereeing in all sports. Um, yeah. if, if people don't understand what I'm on about, go back and look at the highlights of the England-Wales <laughs> Six Nations game and you'll know what I mean. Yeah. Um, yes, I've no idea what Lee Mason was doing. No, I, I don't think what he did was right. Yes, Brighton were unlucky, but they should have. they had two penalties and missed them both. So, to, to say that they didn't have the rub of the green... I can see their point of view, but they've been given other other options to get themselves back in that game, and they haven't taken them. Um, I don't know what he saw or what they thought they saw, but if you've blown the whistle that you can take a free kick and he's scored it, don't blow your whistle just before he's <laughs> just after he's taken it. Because you're just basically being an arsehole. Um, it's it's convenient how he's got an injury today, uh, as the fourth official. Um, unless he's got unless he's broken his arm, so he can't lift the scoreboard indicator up. I don't know, um, but he's not covered himself in a lot of glory. And <laughs> and this is this is a difficult thing. Um. Uh, a few people said it about the, the officiating in the rugby game yesterday. This is the point of view where the referees have to be allowed to come out and say what they did and why they did it. Or even apologise for the mistake if they did make a mistake. Or even apologise for the mistake. Yeah, if they yeah I, I totally agree with that. Um, the fact that they have a radio blackout and aren't allowed to speak to the press afterwards is just beyond me because players and 
managers and all that sort of stuff, they get fired all the difficult questions, but they can't answer them because they aren't the referee. The referees have to be held accountable for the errors that they make. Sorry to, if, sorry to interrupt you, Jack. I actually think that if the referees did come out and let's say, you know, they did admit to a mistake, I actually think they'd cover themselves in a bit of glory and I think people would be a lot more yeah, understanding I, I, and stuff because obviously I, everyone, I, everyone makes mistakes. Everyone's, and obviously people expect that, you know, it's not. Yeah, but yeah, yeah this is what I mean. I, I don't, I, I now feel in this day and age, the referees have to come out and explain their decisions, the controversial decisions and how they've seen it. Yes, we can then talk about it on podcasts and watch Match of the Day and Soccer Saturday and all this sort of stuff. And they can dissect it and they can say yes or no, it was wrong. But at the end of it, all they can do is turn and said, but he's come out and he said it. And this is for them to deal with. And they have to understand why he's done it. And then look at if it's a training issue, do they go back and retrain these referees and stuff like that? And I think it would develop the the issues that we have between VAR and what goes on the field if the referees would come out. And I don't just think this is only for the EFL and the Premier League. I, I think it should be for the majority of the, or I think it should be for all the major leagues in football is for them to understand the, the, the what the referees' decisions have been before. Um, I know at Sunday League level, and I've seen a few videos of it, and there's a documentary on social media about dorking. The guy who runs the club is also the manager. And, you know, he goes up to the referee and the referee will have a conversation and you listen to what they have to say. So you can understand it from the referee's point of view why he's done things and you can understand the manager's frustration of when it's happened, but you've got a clearer picture. Whereas at the moment, all you see is a lot of shaking of heads, a lot of waving off players and understanding what they're going off. And no one understands what's being said or why it's being said or how they've come to that decision. And I think that has to change. Because what, what, what amazes me feel, is, uh, is... Sorry, mate. Say, what, what amazes me is... If, since we've had VAR, referees have managed to find new and inventive ways of shooting themselves in the foot. Mm. And I don't understand why. Yes, I, I will hold my hands up and go, I've never been a referee. I, I wouldn't want to be a referee because the amount of pressure and the amount of decisions that they have to do. And I understand that refereeing at the highest level is, is a ridiculously stressful job. However, if you've gone to the centre-back who's taken the free kick, yes, you can take it early and he's scored it and you've blown your whistle for no apparent reason and no one could understand why he blew his whistle for the second time. That's not because of pressure from other people around you. That's you dropping a bollock. And you have to come out and explain why you've dropped a bollock, I feel. Because managers and players don't get that. If if they have to... If the losing captain of a England test side gets battered against India two days he has to come out and face the media as to what, what's happened. If a manager who's just been who's just got beat 9-0 to Manchester United, he has to then come out and explain what went wrong or why it went wrong and have to apologise for the fact that his team have put in a shocking performance. Um, you know, 
players have come out and apologised for the state of behaviour of, of other players or of fans or whatever. They've come out and have, have, have addressed the media and faced it. Yet when referees and assistants and all that sort of stuff, they drop a bollock, they don't have to. And I don't understand why. So I, that, that, for me personally, we have Sorry, I've waffled on and ranted about that for about five minutes. No, no, mate. That there we have it. That that's Jacko's talk on West yeah. Brom Brighton. <laughs> I mean, after all that, though, Jacko, would you say West Brom were worthy winners or or not? Regarding um, everything, what happened no, well, uh, they were lucky. Um, I, I think if if you were Allardyce, you'd probably turn around and say, um, "Well, because we didn't get the rub of the green against Burnley last week, we probably deserved it this week." Whereas Brighton, I, I don't know, Brighton attractive football and they're creating so many so many chances every week but they can't put them away Greeny and that's right <laughs> so that again Greeny might be right with his prediction he said last week didn't he or on the Facebook live that Brighton could be in, in the relegation fight and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, mm. you know I, I, that's right no I, I just feel that Brighton have to put their chances away and they're not doing it at the moment. Now, whether or not that's because the players are out of confidence or they're out of form or they haven't got the right players, I just don't know. But they, they that has to change soon. Otherwise, as Greeny said the other night, they are, they are in shit. Uh, and, it's, yeah. and it's disappointing I mean, I mean, to see because Graham Potter, with what he's done for Brighton since he took over... You feel that they're going in the right direction, but if they can't get the results, then they're not. And you've got to feel that he's then under a bit of pressure. I think he's under pressure already, mate. I mean, touching on what Jack just said about me saying about relegation, I think they will. And I think they will be the team to drop. I mean, if we go on their fixtures, Jack, the next few fixtures for them is Leicester City away on Saturday. Southampton away, Newcastle away, Man United. Now, there's some tough... After Man United, I can keep going. Is Everton, that Newcastle game's going to be huge. So the Newcastle-Southampton games are massive, considering yeah, they are. They're, they're the games they need to try and pick up points. And if they, yeah. can, if they can get anything against the sort of Chelsea's and Leicester's and Man City's, then it's an extra bonus. But I think, like Jacko touched on, and we've touched upon it here before, they play some really nice football, but nice football doesn't get you results at the end of the day and, and that's what you need to stay in the Premier League and it's what it's what football's about it's a results-based business so you could keep playing nice football all, all day long but as long as you don't if you don't pick up points then you know like you said it's going to end up being a dogfight for them they need someone to start scoring goals again whether that's more pay I don't know if he's out of confidence or you know the young lad Connolly or just need someone to start scoring goals and create. I think one, one thing that is going in Brighton's favour at the moment is their goal difference is better than Palace, Southampton, Burnley, Newcastle, Fulham, and twice or three times as good as West Brom and Sheffield United. You know, their goal difference yeah. in that area yeah. is, is good enough. So they, they, it shows to me that they can defend well. Yeah, I was going to say they're defensive. But they just, they just cannot put their chances away. And, and maybe it should have been a case that they tried to change that in January. But they, either Potter or the the hierarchy of Brighton, obviously felt that what they had was good enough. 
definitely. I mean, um, another result from today was Palace nil, Fulham yeah, nil. Moving on, sorry, boys. Newcastle, Jack. Yeah, it was a terrible game. So let's just move on. Let's go to Jack with Newcastle Wolves. Now, Jack, I thought Newcastle were unlucky not to get three points. So yeah, yeah. What's your take? I, on I that, agree with you, mate. I think Joe Lynn obviously had that one nodded off the line uh, right at the end. Uh, should have buried it. Uh, but yeah, I think Brucey and Newcastle fans will be scratching mm. their heads as to how they've sort of not won the game and. The same thing happens, you know. Luckily, Fulham didn't pick up points. Well, they picked, sorry, picked up a point. Luckily, they didn't win uh, this afternoon, so so it's not really any different as to what it was uh, from last weekend. But yeah, just I just think they'll be scratching, not scratching their heads, but they'll just be frustrated. I think would be the main word. I think you keep dropping points, and yeah, it's, it must be frustrating for Steve Bruce, you know. Um, but yeah, I think they deserve yeah. to win the game. But yeah, I don't really know where Wolves go. They're sort of uh, sl- slipping in form as well, really. I don't know since obviously Jimenez not playing or mm. just yeah, yeah, it just seems to have affected them. They're just they're, they're sort of on a slump as well. Yeah, I agree, mate. I mean, uh, let's Jacko. Let's just quickly go on this one. Um, Man City two-one victory over West Ham. Yeah. I thought it was a great game of football. Could have went either way, and I thought West Ham played really well and looking not to get out of the game. Um, but do you reckon this is now Man City's time? Yeah, I, I think um, I think they're nearly there now. To be honest, I think if they're still thirty, well, uh, yeah, I I can't see I can't see them slipping personally. Um, so yeah, it is just now a case of when, um, not if. I mean, could that be one? Could that game? Could they be winning the Prem after the um, United game? I think they'll put the, a nail, one, you know, quite a few of the nails in the coffin for the league, um, because I don't see. I think Leicester have got to play him as well um, in the next couple of weeks. So I think Man City, in the way they're playing at the minute, and the way Leicester are, I can't see Leicester getting a result there. Um, so yeah, there's. Yeah. I think if that, when that United game happens, I'm just having a look when that is. Seventh uh, of March, so it's it's next week. Um, yeah, I, I think after that, I think that's it done. To be honest. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I can't see anyone beating them now. If they do, I don't see much change after. They've got Wolves on Tuesday. They've got Man United on Sunday. They've got Southampton on Wednesday. They then play Fulham away on Saturday. It's, mm. yeah, I, I, I don't think they've got any issues after that. And they play Leicester, right? yeah, they play Leicester no. on the third of April. Oh, I, I, I think if they get... 15 points out of those five. That's it. Done. There you go. Job done. Yeah, I have to agree. I have to agree. Just quickly, Jack, uh, last fixture from yesterday. Villa away at Leeds and they've come out with a one No, mate. Victory. I think it was Grealish missing and uh, he sort of, like, like mm. the week before, he's sort of the main sort of catalyst of Villa um, and he, you know, he sort of creates the chances and, and uh, he's the main man for Villa. So, no, it's, it's a bit of a surprise. Um Sort of an average-ish game, I suppose. It wasn't neither here nor there. But no, I, I wasn't expecting Villa to pick up anything up. I think I was expecting these to pick up a win, especially with Greenish not playing. But yeah, good three points for Villa. 
Yeah, great stuff. Right, lads, let's move off from the Premier League now. I'm going to go with the quiz, and then we're going to move on to the Championship. But let, uh, first of all, the That's quiz this nice. week is a nice. No, you won't. Really, going to go Euro- Eurovision Song Contest <laughs> with the 90s, in the 1970s, wasn't it? Uh, brilliant. I'm just going to be one of them. <laughs> no, you'll be you'll be pleased to know this week's quiz is the Premier League. So when the Premier League first started till now, the most lot Premier League losses for teams. So I want the top one to twenty teams what I've got the most losses since the Premier League started. And I'm gonna go with Jacko first as he was he's beat Jack already before. Most defeats for Premier League sides since ninety two. Since the Premier League um, started. Yeah. Bradford. Oh, I'm going to go straight in. Surely we're on there. Derby County. Derby oh. County. Oh, wow. I'm not in the top okay. 20. Um, what a start, boys. What Newcastle. a start. Newcastle. Ah, oh, in there, Jacko. They're third with 370 defeats. Sunderland. Little Jacko. Yeah. Uh, Sunderland are there in seventh. Odd, oddly enough, my first two picks were going to be Derby and Sunderland. <laughs> uh, I'm glad we're not on there, to be honest. I'm surprised <laughs> we're not, though. Um, I think because the amount of seasons that you've been in there wouldn't be enough. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, which is why I didn't go for the likes of Swindon or Barnsley or something like that. Or Bradford, because they had a good couple of they had a few years. Right. Um, Longevity. Let's go with Leeds United. Leeds United are 20th on the list with 167 defeats. (laughs) 2-1 Jacko. West Brom? West Brom are on the list, Jack. 15th place with 231 defeats. That's 2 all. Aston Villa. Aston Villa are on the list. They're fourth, Jacko, with 363 defeats. <laughs> Still no one's got the top-ranked club yet of defeats. It's harder And it's, I think, it's than it. Uh, sounds like it. It is. Trying to use in the Prem at the minute. Fulham? Yeah. Nope. Fulham are on the list. They're 11. That was going to be an armonage pick. defeats. Three all. Uh, Southampton. Southampton are on the list. 4-3 Jacko. Sixth place with 347 defeats. <sighs> Jack can equalise. They've been in the Premier League a long time, but I'm not too sure. Everton? Mm. Uh, Everton are second on the list with 388 defeats. Can you just go through the, can you just go through the teams that we've Nicky crossed off? Please, mate? <laughs> yeah, you've got Everton. You've had Sunderland. You've had uh, Leeds United. You've also had West Bromwich, Albion, 
You've also had Fulham. <laughs> and you've also had... Fuck yeah. I, did, I did say Newcastle, didn't I? Castle, yeah, that's what I've just marked off. Yeah, it's neck and neck, neck and neck. You've got yeah. one, 12, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Oh, is it me? Uh, yeah, I've just asked you which teams have come back. Sorry, um, Jack, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough is on oh. the list. Number 13th in the in there with 240 defeats. West Ham. Jacko's got the lead. Mm. You're doing well, lads. West Ham. West Ham, unfortunately, Jack, are number one in wow. the list with 390 Christ defeats. Nice the top of the list. Neck and neck, lads. Portsmouth. Can, can Jacko nip the lead again? Portsmouth are not on the list. It's a chance for Jack to take the lead. Um... Um... Stoke City. Jacko, you'll be grateful it's not on the list, so, um, so you got a chance. <laughs> There's some easy ones in here, yeah, boys. Easy no, you ain't got them. You're sat there with the answers in front of you. I'm going to go with No, no, do I, though? Didn't... <laughs> I'm going to go with Leicester. Leicester are on the list, mate. 16th with 224 defeats. Jacko is now leading. Sheffield United. They're not on the list, Jack. Over to Jacko to take a 2 0. I'm going to go with Burnley City. They're not on the list. Crystal Palace. Back to Jack to level it up. Crystal Palace are on the list. They're 18th with 209 defeats. There's still quite a few. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. Blackburn Rovers. 8 to go, boys. Is on the list in 10th with 250 defeats. Uh, uh, I've just, is that, no, is that 2 0 up now, Jacko? Oh, yeah. Norwich? Yeah, you won all. Oh, wow. Norwich are not on the list. Yeah. It is quite... Mm. It, it's, when I was at Seat, I thought, um, wow, Have we had Wolves? Wolves are not on the list. Yeah, I wish it was as easy. Sounds to be a tweet, Jack. Reading. Reading are not on the list. Chance for Jacko to I'm going to go through stab in the dark with this. I'm going to go Liverpool. 
Jack's gone. Jacko, you've gone two 0 up. The ninth on the list with two hundred and fifty-seven defeats. Oh, they're Burnley, shit. How are they not, <laughs> not on the list? <laughs> J- Jacko. Jacko, two more correct. You will be the winner. Manchester City. Jacko reply. Are on the list with 272 defeats. 2 0 up. Fuck your stupid game. Can you get any more, Jack? (laughs) Oh, Jack, mate. Every week. (laughs) That's for Jack. Oh, wow. Really? Oh, not on the list. You get this one right, Jacko. You are this week's I never champion. fucking win these quizzes. I don't. I don't want to say Man United. Just say it. But I want to say it because I just it's an obvious one. Manchester United. Yeah. Oh, on the list, the nineteenth place it. with one hundred and seventy-eight defeats. So Jacko is this week's winner. So it was uh, West Ham United, Everton, uh, Newcastle, Villa, Spurs, Southampton, Sunderland, Man City, Liverpool, Blackburn, Fulham, Chelsea, Middlesbrough, Arsenal, uh, West Brom, Leicester, Bolton Wanderers, Crystal Palace, Man United, uh, and finally Leeds shit. United. So there we have it. Jack Sorry, is Jack this week's winner. Sorry, Jack. But yeah. going to make it shit hard next week. <laughs> Sorry, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that one was yeah. actually, uh, easy. But though, anyway, I'm going to no, answer your favourite. No, it was difficult, to be fair. It was difficult. Um, I'm going to move on to your favourite uh, league of all. Not it's the Championship. First of all, Jacko, I'm going to go straight into you, mate. Today's result. Wickham no. nil, Norwich two. So bottom v top. I take it you expected that result, and oh, is that now Wickham? I'll be honest. Cemented, I thought Wickham did well to keep it at two nil. Well, no, I, I just, I just, I expected Norwich to put maybe four or five past them. Um, I, I think, mm. yeah, I, I don't see Wickham. I don't see Wickham staying up. Sorry, Steve, but I, I just don't see it, mate. Um, I, I think I think they've done well to, to sort of give them... A, you know, they gave themselves a chance. They had a, a little bit of a decent run. Um, but, yeah, it's, I think that's it. They're done now. They're 23 points with 14 games to go. They're 11 points behind Birmingham. I can't see it personally. I, I think... I think they're down. I mean, is that one a Norwich now? Obviously, they're seven points clear. Um, Would you say that's one hand on that uh, promotion now? Almost. They've they've started moving towards the trophy. Um, I, I think there's still Brentford have you know the Brentford had a little bit of a dip. They've won the last two. You know, Watford and Swansea were going all right, and then they've they've obviously had. The, results this weekend uh, I just think yeah I think 85 points probably will get them the title um, so that's what 
you know, another five games. I think maybe maybe a little bit more, maybe 90 points would probably get them this whole. But yeah, I, I don't see it being anyone other than Norwich at the minute. Let's move to Jack. Jack, let's go to your boys. Friday night football, Derby County won. Forest Go. Tell us a bit more about that. Game, <laughs> uh, yeah, it Go. seems to be a reverberating theme about this week's podcast. <laughs> yeah, I told us. I'm here to sparkle it up, even though I lost at the quiz. But yeah, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, we started brightly first half hour, and then we gave away a really sloppy, cheap goal. Um, shit, shit defending, and uh, David Marshall made a very uncharacteristic mistake for him. Um, where he just should, sort of should have saved it and uh, got on a shot, went under him and then he went off with a back injury. So I don't know if it was obviously already, uh, well, it was already hurting or really, it was hurting from the start of the game or what, but yeah. And then uh, we just sort of lost our way actually after that. And then uh, second half was major, was sort of all forest. And then uh, against the run of play, sort of six, seven minutes to go, Lucky bounce sort of lands straight to Kazim Richards and he hits a rocket and uh, rescues us a point. So, yeah, that's about it, really. I think uh, it's, a, it's a good point if you look at the weekend's results. The only teams that sort of picked up points were. Um, Birmingham. Birmingham, that's it, yeah. Sorry, the only team that picked up points was Birmingham. So, yeah, good point. Um, mm. And then we've got three tough. We've got three away games in a row now. We we go to Cardiff on Tuesday night, which won't be easy. Uh, who are absolutely flying under Mick. And uh, then we go to mm. Cov, which again isn't easy. They're sort of fighting. They're down there. And then uh, we go to Barnsley, who are also absolutely flying, looking to mm. sort of hit that late playoff place. So yeah, three tough games now. So we need to try and get some points out of these away games, and then see where we're at. But uh, yeah, sort of dullish game really Friday night. I think the, the last sort of three or four games of between Derby and Forest have been sort of shit and they've been sort of draws. So, uh, yeah, I was kind of going into that sort of expecting mm. a draw. So, yeah, I'll take a point. And like I say, it was a good point. Mm. Uh, play. Yeah. Let's move to Jacko's team. Uh, not so good, Jacko. A 2-1 defeat um, at uh, Barnsley. We were shit. Can you elaborate on your um, game? Mate? We Barnsley... Barnsley have definitely been the surprise package for me this year. Um, I, I think they've progressed massively from where they were last season. Um, they played a style of football that was hectic, busy, scrappy. You, you couldn't. They, they they didn't give us any sort of chance to play any bit of football. Um, the only way we sort of nullified that was hitting balls over the top for Bennett and Wallace to run on to. Um, but surprisingly for us this, this week, it was two poor defensive errors that cost us the goals. I think if those don't happen, I, I think it's it's a nil-nil. I really do. I think the only reason we, we got back into it is because... Barnsley switched off for a few minutes and allowed us to, to equalise. I mean, it was a good goal from Bennett, to be fair. Lovely finish with his left foot. But we didn't create anything after that. They, they as I say, they, they had a lot of the ball, pressed us a lot. But we, apart from the two goals, we sort of were, were OK. But it was a really off day. Um, and to be fair, it's been coming. We looked poor against Wickham. 
we managed to get a last-minute equaliser against Luton, and we looked poor there as well. So I think I think the injuries are now starting to catch up. We've got two, three fit midfielders. That's it. Everyone else is injured. Um, we've got no goal-scoring threat at all because our goal scorers are, can't score goals. Um, so yeah, I, I just I, the way I'm looking at it, we're probably not going to go anywhere near the playoffs. We're not good enough. I don't think we're bad enough to go down. We're seven points, eight points away from safety, and that's I think what will happen. We will get our fifty points, finish mid-table, and then go. We have to start again. I think this summer is a big one for Rowett. I think if he invests in the areas that he needs to, we have to have an overhaul because a lot of these players that Harris brought in just aren't good enough to play this style of football. Um, and I think if... Yeah, I, I think we have to go from there. I, I think say staying in mid-table is probably, at the moment, with the, the finances and stuff like that, without the fans being there, is probably the best we can sort of hope for. But we have to invest better in the summer. We really, really do. So it's going to be a big test for Rowett. Fair play to Barnsley. They've won the last five on the bounce that I can see, maybe a few more. They they play an interesting style of football. Um and they you know, they're playing well enough to be where they are. So it'd be interesting to see how they, they carry on, see if they can keep up with the likes of Bournemouth and Reading. Um I think Cardiff could be an interesting one as well. So that playoff race could be a really, really good one going into the last sort of uh quarter or third of the season. Yeah, I mean, Barnsley have got a game in hand on Bournemouth and Reading, Jacko. Um, if they win it, they yeah. can go, they can overtake Bournemouth yeah, yeah, and be level with um, Reading. So, it could be interesting. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think probably getting in there to underdog. At the moment, if they can carry on their run, I, I can't see why not. Um, I think Cardiff are probably the only other one at the minute. Maybe Bristol City, if they can keep their run under Pearson going. Um, I don't think Middlesbrough are going to have enough clout. I, I think they're dropping off a bit now. Stoke are hit and miss. We're terrible. Preston, Luton, yeah, I can't see that. So, yeah, I think Barnsley, Cardiff, maybe Bristol City are probably the only three teams that I could see nicking that last playoff spot. Fair enough. Jack, let's go to you, mate. Woodgate got a great win, I think. Uh, 1-0 win over Watford. Obviously, both teams down to 10 yeah, at the end of the game. Woodgate. What, what did you um, make that result in game? <laughs> no, so, <laughs> it was a good result for him. Uh, not a result I probably expected, really, mate. Um like you say, uh, it was a big game in terms of mm. where both teams are in the league and uh, a big result for Woodgate in terms of staying in the top six um, for now. Obviously, like I say, Barnes have got that game in hand and they're a point behind. So, But no, yeah, I think where they are currently, it was, it was a game they had to win. Um, I think you can see what it meant to Woodgate and his coaching staff at the end of the game and obviously tempers fared a little bit, mm. but it's a good point for, uh, for Bournemouth. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I mean, 
John, you've touched on this already, Jacko, but yeah. Bristol City, 3-1 win mm-hmm. over Swansea. Nigel Pearson, great yeah. result, I think, against the Swansea side, what's been flying in the Championship. I mean, yeah, I, again, it could be an you know, I again. queried Pearson's why they got rid of Lee it. Johnson in the first place. I don't think he was doing a bad job with Bristol City. I think they just had a poor run of form. Obviously, the, the change they made didn't work because now Pearson's in. Uh, I think Pearson's a great manager at this level. I still think he should be in charge of Watford, personally. Um, but I, I keep going on about that every other week. So, yeah, so it's a cracking result for uh, for them against Swansea. I think Swansea won't be too phased because of the fact that they've got two games in hand. I think if they were on level level amount of games played with Norwich, Brentford and Watford mm-hmm. in the out, I think they'd be more annoyed. But the fact that they've got two games in hand and they could easily push them up to second if they were to win both, I think at the moment they're okay. They're, they'll just take it as a bad day at the office and, and move on. Couldn't agree more. I'll stay with you, Jacko, anyway. Um, yeah. Chef Wednesday looked comfortable 2 0 at half time and then conceded three goals to a Luton Town side. No, um, I think Luton, not a great Luton deserved a bit of rubber the green. As I said, they, they play, we played them in midweek and you know, they looked poor. Luton deserved the win. Um, it wasn't a great game, but I think Luton were the better side. Um, so, yeah, it's a fair play to them for coming back. But Luton have been a, a, another side this season that have impressed after what they did last season. Um, is it uh, Nathan Jones or Graham Jones? can't remember which one. Nathan Jones, I think. You obviously said... Nathan. Yeah, um, Nathan Jones, yeah. You, you Greeny, touched saying that he was a League One manager. He wasn't good enough to, to keep Luton up. Obviously, Luton are sort of sitting quite comfortable where they are in mid-table. So, he's done a cracking job, especially after the Stoke night there. So, yeah, I, I think Luton are fine. Um, I'm not surprised that they beat Sheffield Wednesday. I, I am surprised in the way that it happened. I thought they would have been more comfortable. Um, but, obviously, Sheffield Wednesday are desperate to try and regain that form that they had before we played them. Um, so, yeah, it's it's going to be a tough one for Chef Wednesday, but I think yeah, a few more games and I think they're going to start looking at League One, not staying in the Championship. Yeah, I agree. I have to agree. Um, let's just quickly go to Jack Quick against my other team, Jack. Blackburn Rovers won, Coventry won. Blackburn seem to be slumping a bit now, dipping in form. Um, I won't put him as contenders anymore. <sighs> no, not to really, mate. They're 12 points behind Bournemouth with a game in hand. So, you know, they'll then put, if they win the game in hand, it's nine points. Yeah, like you say, they've hit a bit of a slump in form. Um, I, I don't really know why in terms of, you know, they've got a good squad. Um, but, yeah, just, like you say, they've not been picking up the results as of late. Um Surprising, really. I think they've lost their. their last, I think they've lost five in a row now. Uh, they lost, row. They've lost four out of their last five. Four out of their last five, yeah. So um, it says it all, really. Um, I think that's the championship for you. I think if you lose sort of three or four games or you flip on the other side, you win four or five games. You look at Barnsley, you win five games in a row and you're. You're in the playoff picture. Um, that's that's just this league in a nutshell. And there's like we always, I suppose, Jacko knows as well. There's always one team that will come out of left field and yeah. hit the playoffs, and that seems to be Barnsley. Um, like he says, I, I wouldn't have had them anywhere near the playoffs um, based on what they did last season and their previous form. So yeah, I think Blackburn have probably got to try and finish as high as they can. Um, 
with the remaining games and then sort of take stock at the end of the season see where they're at. I, I um, think Blackburn have to be a bit concerned because a lot of their players I could see going in the summit if they don't get the playoffs. Yeah. The likes of Armstrong, the likes of Dap. Um, there's a couple at the back as well. Um, Rothwell. Brereton. There's a lot of good players at Blackburn that probably should be should be higher up in the league. Um, so I could see something maybe like um, Burnley or Fulham or other teams that go up. Maybe look at some of the players from there, especially the likes of Armstrong. I mean, Armstrong's been a revelation this season. Um, mm. I think he's the top goal scorer in the league, or if if not one of the top goal scorers in the league. So yeah, I think Blackburn have to be a little bit concerned that they may lose a lot of their players in the summer. Yeah, fair. I mean, let me just quickly touch on League One, lads, before we call it a night, because we haven't done much League One action before. But um, obviously, top of the tables, Peterborough, they played this week and beat a Wigan side 2 1. It's top v bottom. I think we, we, said, we said at the beginning of the season that with the amount of issues that Wigan had and the way that they've been basically destroyed by an arsehole owner. They're going to do a bolt. They, they were going to always do a bolt. They've lost all of their good players yeah. to try and sort of balance the books. So it is not surprising that they're there. You know, the fact that, yeah, we're saying that they could be going down, but they're only a point outside the, the relegation zone. Yes, their goal difference is, is terrible, but, you know, there's it's tight down there between Bristol Rovers in 19th and Northampton Town in 24th. There's only four points. So, you get something like Burton have done where they've won four out of their last five. You get a run going, they've got a chance of getting themselves out of there, but it's whether or not they can be galvanised to do that. On the other hand, Peterborough, we, I think we all unanimously agreed that Peterborough were hard done by with the way that League One finished last year. And we definitely felt that Peterborough should have been in the playoffs and they've gone one step further. And, you know, they're sitting quite happy at the top of the table. Obviously, losing Tony at the start of the season was a big blow. But I think with the hierarchy at Peterborough, they, they've got cover and they can go and get recruitment well. So, yeah, I, I think Peterborough uh, are not surprising me at all by being top of the top of League One. What about you, Jack, with uh, Northampton Town? 2-1 defeat to another bottom side, Swindon Town. Our mate Brett Pittman got the winner for Swindon, but uh, do you suppose Northampton's down there? Yes and no, really. I think um, I think Northampton are sort of quite inconsistent, really, in terms of where they're at most seasons. And uh, I'm, surprised, I'm probably surprised by the fact they're sat bottom. But, um, yeah, I think... If you look at recent form, I don't think they've won since. I'm not. It's been, they've not won in two, four, six. They've not picked up a win in the last nine games. Mm. So, uh, you know, like I said, with um, Blackburn, results like that in these sort of leagues will just catapult you down, mm. and then it, obviously confidence seeps in and everything. So, and obviously, if, they, if they're not, if they can't buy a win, then you know, mistakes start creeping in. Strikers stop scoring. You know, that starts creeping in and, you know, they've won six games all season. So, you look at that and it's probably no surprise that they're down there, to be honest. 
Yeah, as, as well, you have a look at the amount of goals they've scored. They've scored 24 goals. So they're not even scoring a goal a game. Um, you know, Wimbledon has, has scored 30 in 29. Bristol Rovers have scored 30 in, in 30. If you're not, you know, I think that helps. Yeah, that shows why Northampton have struggled as they have. Is they, they, they can't score goals. Yeah, hundred percent. Mm. I totally agree. I mean, they, they yeah, seem to have goal-scoring form in League Two, but just yeah, I think they always have been. Um, a bit of a yo-yo club. It, for there'll that, be a case of they have maybe one or two good seasons in League One, then they'll go down, then they'll sit in League Two for a little bit. There may be a change of hierarchy, and then and then they go for a promotion push, and it, it starts again. Um, you know, you hope to see a bit of stability for that club because you know it's, it's all you know it's local to us, sort of. Um, so you want to see your local clubs do well. Um, but yeah, I, I just think yeah, I think Northampton are, are a bit like Burton as well. I think they are yo-yo clubs at this league, at this level. Definitely. Um, just before we finish. I'm going to move to League Two in case any listeners want to hear League Two. Um, so, top of the table, mm-hmm. which has surprised me, which is Cambridge United, Jack. Um, obviously, there's a lot of competition in League Two. I thought Salford would have been up there, but they seem to be struggling this year. Are you surprised yeah, at Cambridge so, are where mate. they are? Then you look at a lot of teams around there and you would have expected it. You know, you've got Morecambe flying at the minute. They sort of were in a relegation battle last season. Cheltenham were sort of the, sort of the same. So, the Tranmere. Um, Bolton was struggling now they're you know they've won was it five out of the last six games or something yeah. so it's a very t- same as I mean you know these sort of leagues are all sort of the same in terms of win a couple of games and these runs of form and you get you back up there um, I suppose maybe I am I think I think the, the fact they signed Wes Houlihan this season has been massive for them mm. um, he's been creating a lot of goals and helping them score he's got a lot of experience as well and yeah they keep seem to graph victories out and um, yeah on fire, really, and I think that um, the league as it is is very tight at the minute. Um, I think something like the top four are separated by about four points, I think, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, they are, yeah. Yeah, and I think the teams behind Cambridge, I think all of them have got a, at least two games in hand or a game in hand, so yeah, should be should be set for a tight finish there, but yeah, no, I, I don't think I'm too surprised. They've picked up form, you know, like you say, and Houlihan's been a revelation there as well. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I mean, Jacko, don't you, mate, on um, obviously Barrow, yeah. Sam. They're just sacking managers, mate, left, right, and centre. I mean, the second from bottom. No, I, I think sacking managers I think like what, tomorrow. It don't look great for them, does it? It's obviously been a learning curve for Barrow. Um, I think it's the first time in a considerable amount of time that they've been at this level. Um, if not for the first time. So it was always going to be a tough one for them. Obviously, Harrogate, I think, are slightly different because they've had a bit of financial backing compared to Barrow. So they've been able to cope with the the sort of difference in quality. Mm. Um, I think the saving grace for for both Barrow and Grimsby are the fact that they've both got two games in hand uh, over Southend. And there's only four points separating those three teams. So I, I think those three are going to be ones that are look, looking to sort of avoid the drop. Um, 
but whether or not they can pick up a couple of points in those games in hand will be a different thing. Do you reckon it was the manager? Um, Obviously, Chris Everett took him up. He's now with Bolton, who they played and lost 1-0. Do you reckon if, if Ian Mayer well, stayed, he might have kept him uh, up due to the fact that he's played in top-level football with Blackpool? I think... And you see what he's doing with Bolton now. Yeah, it's a tough one to call, really, that one. Bolton, are, all right, they're financially ruined after what's happened, but... I think they've probably got a better chance than Barrow have of developing, of redeveloping that club and rebuilding it and going back up. I think Barrow would probably have maybe a couple of seasons in Lita if they had a good one. But I just, I think without the fans, I think that's probably causing issues as well. For a club like that in their first, you know, for, for a League Two season, it may probably be their only one for a while. You'd want the fans in. Uh, I think that has affected them. And I think, to be fair, it's affected a lot of clubs this year. Um, so, no, I, I, I don't think Everett mm. going would have changed it. I just think even if Everett was there, I don't think they would have been good enough. I think Bolton have got a far better chance of getting players for maybe League One level and try and get them on League Two wages for a couple of seasons to see if it get them up there. I don't think they'd be able to do that at Barrow. Yeah. Totally agree. Just to finish off, Jack, finish it off for us. I mean, my team, Salford City, I thought they'd be running away with the league. They spent pumped money in. Drew to shit. Yeah, Earth, sounds like a shit game of football already. Salford <laughs> struggling, you know, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> pumping money in and sat fucking ninth in the league. Mm. Uh yeah, sort of inconsistent, really, in terms of picking up results. You know, I think they had a good start to the season. They were flying, and then they sort of dipped off, and then they sort of picked back up again. And like you said, uh, they lost to Morecambe. They got, I think, Morecambe scored ninety minute goal, and then a ninety six minute goal in the week. And then like they drew to South End as well. So it's, it's looking touch and go whether they're even finishing yeah. the playoffs at the minute. So, um, but yeah, also t- the fact that you've uh, got another team, yeah, another. Another team to add to your list, Salford as well, now. That's right, mate. I was already rolling my eyes when he said, oh, my team. I was like, oh, God, which one now? <laughs> Never heard of Salford before, but there'll be a Salford shirt on the next Well, I, I think a lot of uh, people <laughs> from Salford would be more pissed off for the fact that he keeps saying Salford. <laughs> if, if you need to understand what I mean, if you have a look at uh, Jason Manford, um, uh, he did eight <laughs> out of ten Catsters countdown. And Jimmy Carr went Salford and he, he lost his shit because it's Salford. So, oh, it's all right, Salford fans, I've got your back. You know, even if he bought <laughs> you properly, I'll get, it. I'll, I'll get it to pronounce the name for you. <laughs> Decent. <laughs> yeah, cheers. <laughs> um, that is a conclude, but what I did forget to mm. say, and apologies, is yeah. massive thanks to the youngster we had opening the show, lads. Logan Paul Murphy, 14 years old. I'm, I'm sure that is. Quote me if I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, what a great yeah, start to the show. And he's going to end the show for us again this week as well. So that's cool. So um, thanks for uh, opening and closing the show, Logan. It's good. Um, and I'm sure you'll all follow him on Facebook as well. And <laughs> lads, if you want to get in touch with us at After Extra Time, you can email Jacko. Uh, after extra time, twenty twenty. Because Jack just has to do it in Greenwich. Not me or Jack. 
just Jacko. Um, <laughs> and the final one is this <laughs> podcast is now part of the Sports Social Podcast ne- uh, Podcast Network, the UK's first dedicated sport podcast network. Find the next show you'll love or join the team at www.sport-social.co.uk. And, you, and you're already and fucked it up. Absolutely, absolutely mouthful. It weren't the best, but it, I fucked it up. Yeah, I fucked it, but yeah, www. That's, that's, that's the year contract code. extension gone for next year. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Only the first hurdle, mate. Just like <laughs> a national punters. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's a good while it lasted, wasn't it? Yeah. The spotlight on Jack next week. <laughs> You've missed a bit of history today. Logan closes the show. Um, St. Johnston won their first ever league, Scottish League Cup today by beating Livingston. Yeah. And it was headed by Callum Davidson, who was Gary Rabbit's oh, assistant wow. manager at Millwall really? last season. So, That's the only reason, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought I might get that in there. <laughs> yeah, you got it in there. Happy days. <laughs> but other than that, lads, it's been a pleasure. Uh, like I said, Logan's going to close out the show. So um, I'll let him close it out. So it's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Jack. Right. You've been listening to After Extra Time. I'm Logan Paul Murphy. You can find me on YouTube and Facebook. Just type in Logan Paul Murphy, the Beatles boy. I'm going to finish off with a song by ELO called Mr. Blue Sky. Hope you enjoy it.
That's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.